Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Travels hostess. Tonight, I am very lucky to be joined by. Hello. Not that one. Welcome. Serial Killers with Sierra. Yeah. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's been what? A year since you started? How long? Yeah, something like that. No. It's been a while. It's been a while. Right. <laughs> Do you remember what your first episode was? My very first episode was Carl Fritz Harman. Okay, yes. The the Germany guy. The German dude who yeah. ate people. God. Not a nasty. Yeah, the dude who's uh, part of his final words, I want tattooed on me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm alone, and if I don't make it. <laughs> Sierra did it. What? Never. Those are my final words. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get those tattooed on me, too. (laughs) Okay, so we're here with Sierra, because she's got... Belle Guinness, or also known as Hell's Bell. Hell's Bell. So, serial killer, guys. Yeah. Serial killer. Serial killer. Um, I'm going to let you know right off the get-go, I'm going to slay the shit out of her name, because she's originally Norwegian. Okay. And I... I, I think my listeners know that Vina... Speaking in, I don't know, second or third person, is very bad at pronunciation of names and oh, places. Yeah. So. Yeah. Me too. So good to know it's not just me. Okay, so. Brynhild Paulskadatter Storiseth. All right, that was a good try. I don't know if it's accurate, but good job. <laughs> it sounded good correct. Was born on November 11th, 1859 in Selbu, Norway, to Paul and Bert Storiseth. She was the youngest of eight children. At 14, she started working for neighboring farms by milking and herding cattle to save enough money for passage to New York. She finally moved to the U.S. in 1881. She's got goals. She do. When uh, processed by immigration at Castle Garden, she changed her first name to Belle and then traveled to Chicago to join her sister Neely, who had immigrated several years earlier. In Chicago, she worked as a domestic servant and then got a job at a butcher's shop, cutting up animal carcasses until her first marriage. In 1884. That is a shift from cleaning and maintaining a nice house. To butchering. To, correct. <laughs> to literally slaughtering and chop, 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 yeah, chopping. <laughs> and, you know, I would, Vina would probably never work at a butcher shop. You know, it's like, as much as I like to sit here, I'm like, dude, I'm all about serial killers and blood and guts and saw movies. I couldn't either. Okay, that's fair. I can't do animals. I wouldn't go to the butcher shop to even think to apply. I nope. would probably stick with the domestic spear, but... Yeah. Yeah, know. no, I mm, can't do animals. People, cool, whatever. Animals, I can. No. <laughs> I'm alone with her. I'm alone. 
She was at least five foot seven, weighed between 210 and 250 pounds, and was physically strong and masculine in appearance. Okay. Same. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm normally the heavy lifter of my family, so, you know, lifting car engines, and when I worked at Walmart, it was lifting 500-pound barbecues by myself. Right. So. But your your parents, they're a little um, broken down these days. Yeah. We won't we won't go into detail, but trust me when I say this. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna get into the death that is associated around her. Okay. So she married a Mad Sorensen in 1884. He owned a candy store which had burned to the ground. Was that a coincidence or a coincidence? Coincidence. Okay. The couple's home also burned down. Jesus. And both instances granted the couple insurance payouts. Of course. <laughs> Two babies died from inflammation of the large intestine, which can usually result from poisoning. Yeah. Were there life insurances on those children? Had insured both children and collected a large insurance check after each death. So someone was tired of working. Yeah. Okay. Neighbors gossiped about the babies, since Belle never appeared to be pregnant. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Little sick twist there. Okay. Right. Sorensen had purchased two life insurance policies on July 30th, 1900. Both policies were active at the same time, as one would expire that day and the other would begin. Sorensen died of cerebral hemorrhage that day. Guinness explained that while he had come home with a headache, she had provided him with quinine powder for the pain. Which I had to look that up because I'd never heard that before. It's malaria medication. Oh. Yeah. So that's the cure for headaches. Well, back in the day, I guess. Well, you know, cocaine actually used to be the cure for a lot of things. Yeah. Teething was one of them. (laughs) (laughs) She stated that she had later checked on him and he was dead. Ooh. I'm sure that's what happened. Of course. Collected money from both the expiring life insurance policy and the one that went into effect that day. A total of $5,000. And in 1900. I mean, that... A shit ton of money. Yeah, that's like the equivalent to like, what, probably a couple hundred thousand today? Easy. Yes, probably. I mean, a shit ton of money now. Yeah. Yeah, shit. Yes. I would like that 5000 Just willy-nilly mailed to me. Right, shoot. With the money, she moved to Laporte, India and bought a pig farm. Of course she did. Of course she did. Because pigs will eat anything. Correct. They're not picky. <laughs> she married Peter Guinness on April 1st, 1902. The following week, while Peter was out of the house, his infant daughter died of unknown cause while in Belle's care. Aww. So this was a, like, not even her kid. This was right, right, his, right. His, his prior, previous. Right. Peter died eight months later due to a skull injury. Oh. Belle explained that he had reached for something on a high shelf, and a meat grinder fell on him, smashing his skull. How convenient. It's like Belle Guinness, the convenient. <laughs> <laughs> District coroner conducted a coroner's jury. Suspecting murder, but nothing came of the case. Of course. She collected $3,000 oh. Peter's death. Lord. Money. I, I did, did we, did we cover whether or not the child, the infant girl, was she insured? Well, I couldn't find anything that said if she was or not. But it is a means to get her out of the way and oh, make less work for, for Belle. Oh, absolutely. So then we're going to start getting into some disappearances. The convenient kind. The convenience. She began placing marriage ads in Chicago newspapers in about 1905. One ad was answered by a Wisconsin farmhand named Henry Gerholt. After traveling to the report, Gerholt wrote his family, saying that he liked the farm, was in good health, 
and requested that they send him seed potatoes. When they failed to hear from him after that, the family contacted Guinness. She told them Gerholt had gone off with horse traders to Chicago. Of course. And was never seen again. How convenient. Convenient. John Moe of Minnesota answered an ad in 1906. But my question is, did they get married? You know, it doesn't say that she did or not, I would assume. Because my question is, what does she benefit from this guy's death? How does she benefit? Or just for practice? Well, could be just for practice. Who knows? Okay. So after they corresponded for several months, Mo traveled to Laporte and withdrew a large amount of cash. Although no one ever saw Mo again, a carpenter who did occasional work for Guinness observed that Mo's trunk remained in her house. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to get into uh, Andrew Hilligan and the discovery of multiple graves. Dun, dun, dun. Her criminal activities came to light in April of 1908 when her farmhouse burned to the ground. Now, was that a coincidence? It was a convenience. Okay. <laughs> so maybe she was getting ready to check out because it was getting, the farm was getting too hard or, you know, all the buried bodies and she started feeling the heat. Gets to roll out. Oh, you'll find out. Okay. <laughs> In the ruins, authorities found the bodies of a headless adult woman initially identified as Belle and her three children. Oh, so she faked her own murder. And murdered her children while she was at it. When did she have these kids? I don't know. It was one of the five million husbands that she married and murdered. Oh, my assume. God. Did she collect life insurance on those kids? Mm, well, no, because she faked her own death. So there's nobody to collect the life insurance. But prior. Oh, oh, oh. So the, yeah. she tried to look at, make it look like they were all killed mm -hmm. at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Who's the woman? Who's missing her head? Who's headless woman? We'll get into that. Okay. Further investigation unearthed the partial remains of at least 11 people on the property. Jesus Christ. After the fire led to the discoveries, Laporte authorities were contacted by Isle Hel Helligan, who had found correspondence between his brother Andrew and Bell. Oh, so Andrew disappeared. Yes. The letters included petitions for him to relocate to Laporte to bring money and to keep the move a secret. Oh, Lord. <laughs> a visit by Isle to the Bell Farm with a former hired hand led to attention being paid to soft depressions and what had been made into a pin for hogs. They dug into one of them and found a gunny sack that contained two hands, two feet, and one head, which Helligan recognized to be those of his brother Andrew. Um. Yeah. Immediate inspection of the site revealed dozens of such slumped depressions, and further digging yielded multiple burlap sacks containing torsos and hands, arms hacked from the shoulders down, masses of human bone wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly. That's... Yeah. I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> you probably won't. In each case, the body had been butchered in the same manner, body decapitated, the arms removed from the shoulders, and the legs severed at the hip. You know. The same. Who worked as a butcher. Right. Hmm. Blunt force trauma and gashes characterized the skulls that were found that had been separated from the bodies. A quote from a detective on the case stated that the bones had been crushed on the ends as though they had been struck with hammers after they were dismembered, and that quick time had been scattered over the faces and stuffed into the ears. What's quick time? I'm not entirely sure. I'm assuming it's either some kind of chemical or like almost 
Like whatever would have been the equivalent of like concrete back in the day. Concrete or lime? Yeah. Okay. Like well, I mean, lime obviously works differently than concrete. Yeah. Okay. But after finding the parts of five bodies on the first day and six on the second day, some in shallow graves under the original hog pen, others near an outhouse or a lake, the police stopped counting. How nice. Yeah. With these discoveries, the perceptions of Belle, as reported in the papers as a praiseworthy woman dying in the fire that consumed her house in a desperate attempt to save her children, were reassessed. Oh, well, good thing they (laughs) decided to reevaluate. Yeah. Most of the remains could not be identified. Of course not. I I mean, no fingerprints was 1908, you said? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, like no forensic anything. Right. (laughs) We're just grateful they found the bodies. Yeah. That she conveniently put some of the parts in burlap sacks for oh, them. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, you know, who knows? Maybe she could have like mixed up parts, like yeah. this one dude's head with this dude's. And she's foot. not good looking, right? She was masculine in appearance. Is okay. What it said. Well, I think <laughs> I've seen pictures of her, and she always looks like she's you know plotting death, plotting someone's death. Oh yeah, she's got like the ultimate resting bitch face. Okay, I've seen pictures. <laughs> the involvement of a Mister Ray Lamp here. He was a hired hand and an on-and-off-again lover. In November of 1908, Lampier was convicted of arson. He later confessed that Bell had placed advertisements seeking male companionship only to murder and rob the men who responded and subsequently visit her on the farm. Stated that she asked him to burn down the farmhouse with her children inside. Mother of the year. Right. (laughs) Where did she scare up these kids? That's my question. Who knows? I mean, she probably had to lay down with at least a couple of the dudes, I would assume. Okay. She had kids. Also stated that the body, thought to be Bell's, was in fact another victim, chosen and planted to mislead investigators. Naturally. Of course. The brother of one victim had warned Bell that he might arrive at the farm shortly to investigate his brother's disappearance. Oh, is this why things started mm-hmm. rolling? According to Lampier, this impending visit motivated her to destroy her house, fake her death, and flee. When he was arrested, he was actually wearing John Moe's overcoat and a Henry Gerholtz watch. Never keep the souvenirs. No. Edward Beachley, a journalist, was given a secret assignment to acquire access to a confession and publish it, thus bringing a second, inconsistent Lampier account into light. The second account is based on the report that Lampier contacted a Reverend Edwin Scheel and provided him with a verbal confession that Scheel transcribed and had Lampier sign. So yeah, so this dude went... He went and told this priest guy this like whole confession, which was apparently different than what the original confession was. But it, it it's a confession to him assisting her. Yeah, but supposedly it's slightly different, so we'll get into that. Okay. So Beachley tried to convince Shield to allow him to publish his confession, but was denied by both Shield and his wife. A separate newspaper published a story with speculation regarding the second confession. He was described as worried as to the peace of the families and the victims, so S.H.I.E.L.D. offered the confession to Beachley, which was then later published. In a summary of the second confession states, In the confession, Lampier said that he had killed Mrs. Guinness and children with an axe, sprinkled the bodies with kerosene, and set them on fire to that in the house. It gave details to the slaying and told of his part in the former murders which occurred in the Guinness farm, his task usually being the burying of bodies in the garden. The essential fact, however, was that the murderess was not alive as a fugitive. Oh, yeah. so he's still covering for her. So, yeah, in one confession, he stated that... It was a setup. That, She's well, alive. That she got away. 
you know, she faked her own death. The second confession stated that he killed her. Why the difference? Did he ever explain? This is Belle's legacy. She was pronounced dead, even though the doctor who performed the postmortem testified that the headless body was five inches shorter and about 50 pounds lighter than what she would have been. Did the what, mortician, the doctor, mm-hmm. did he know her personally? Oh, I would assume so. Okay. But there was no explanation provided for what happened to the body's head. Couldn't find it. Whether she died in the fire or escaped remained uncertain, although the sheriff blamed a Chicago-American reporter for inventing the escaped story. So here's the question. Mm-hmm. Who did they think killed her? Because obviously whoever killed her took off with her head. Well, according to his second confession, Lampier did. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't think that's very truthful. Right, no, no, no. But my, my point is is that here the sheriff is saying this is a conspiracy or you know, this is just a theory. Mm-hmm. Well, where'd her head go? Yeah, nobody knows. Right. Gone. Okay. Sightings of Belle in the Chicago area continued long after she was declared dead. In 2008, DNA tests were performed on the headless corpse in an attempt to compare it against a sample of a letter that Bell had sent to one of her victims. But due to its age, the sample was not able to be properly tested. But they have her children. They could have done a DNA test against the children. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't. Okay. After the crimes came to light, the farm became a tourist attraction. Of course, because of course. they didn't have porn back then. Right. So for media, things that were like, you know, based off of it, whatever, there was a film called The Farm, which was released in 2021. There was a book, Hell's Princess, The uh, Mystery of Belle Guinness, Butcher of Men, was a 2018 novel by Harold Sheeler. And In the Garden of Spite, a novel of the Black Widow of Laporte, is a 2021 novel by Camilla Bruce. Now you said that they had seen sightings of her. Supposedly. Were there any unsolved murders? Maybe people have linked to her or? Not that I could find. Okay. So I think maybe if she, you know, if the running theory is, you know, she escaped, I think that probably close call was enough for her to be like, "Mm, probably shouldn't murder anymore. Right. But that's (laughs) my problem. The woman's been murdering for almost a decade, at least a decade. Mm -hmm. You don't just kind of, I don't see that being something you kind of just stop unless she got super scared that's what i'm saying fear is a powerful powerful tool yeah but she was fearless right up until the end i mean did they ever determine who her female victim was her headless female victim was nope nope nobody ever reported a woman missing nope because and lampier never said how they lured this poor woman Mm -mm. well and the police basically said no this this body is hers this body is hers. Right. So there was no further, Even though like, the doctor was like, no. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Even though the doctor was like, hey, you know, this, all these differences in this lady, whatever. Right. But the police were like, nah, it's her. Case closed. It's her. We're done with our job. Was there any theories as to why they were readily ready to admit that? Mm-mm. Okay. So she gets away with it, it kind of sounds like. Yeah. You know, assuming that, you know, she wasn't the body, which I don't think she was. So, yeah. No. I don't think she... I, the woman killed you would think there is no logical thing for her to allow herself to be killed correct now one more question about the headless mm-hmm. body the woman was she like poisoned because i mean there's a reason why the head is missing yeah 
That is the head, because again, we didn't have fingerprints in 1908, yes? Yes. The head is foolproof identification. Oh, absolutely. That's the that's, identifier. Right. That's why I'm saying no, that's not her. Yeah. There's no reason to just take the head. Yeah. I mean, if if it was standard, chop, 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 chop the arm, chop the, the other arm, mm-hmm. chop the head. Uh, did you say she was bearing feet as well? Yep. Okay. And that's not applicable to this particular victim. Correct. It's not her. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. But yeah, so she... I wonder if the sheriff wanted it closed to quail the media frenzy. Because it shows that he's clearly not doing a good job if you have all these dead bodies committed by a woman, all these missing people in your area. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a poor reflection upon you whether or not you had any prior knowledge. Yeah. So. Definitely shows your competency, for sure. Right. All right. So, I I just, the part that kills me, of course, is the children. Yeah. I just uh, obviously wouldn't want children to I mean, nobody should die. No, dying. but. The children. Yeah, no. She gets away with it, burns her own house down with her kids in it, and leaves. Was there any beneficiaries to the house burning down? No. Okay. Well, I mean, she could have named her cousin Olga. Right. And then. Who just happens to look exactly like her. Correct. <laughs> Same last name. Yeah. Or be her middle name, you know. Yeah. And then conveniently cash that little check. Or, you know, her sister that I would assume was still alive, the one that moved to Chicago before she did. Right. But who knows? Okay. All right. So this is what we have for you tonight. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Where the Dark Corners Are has a Facebook page. So if you guys want to come check it out, see some creepy things, share some creepy things, go ahead and send us a request over on the Facebook. But in the meantime, if you have a serial killer that you would like Sierra to cover, send us an email with the request at where the dark corners are at gmail.com and corners is plural with an S. So final thought, Sierra. It's kind of crazy that she got away with everything. Absolutely. And... <laughs> There was no more killings. I find that very hard to believe, mm-hmm. especially if you kill your own children. And I think she did that so she can move faster. Oh, absolutely. So. No baggage. Correct. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why we hope to meet you where the dark corners are. Mm-hmm.